How many of you remember in detail what I shared just before the summer about discipling? Hands up. Oh, I forgot to say it's a big prize for those who remember. Hands up. Two. Yes, well, that's encouraging. That's double the norm. All right. Uh, We're going to look at discipling uh, because it's so very, very important. And I think, to be very honest, we've just heard again from Yvonne a great testimony about community, um, the care and love. That's That's a good strength. But the area that it seems to me that God is saying on a recurring basis where there's room for development is the area of discipling. Or you might call it mentoring or training or apprenticeship or something like that. Of course, uh, you heard her mention, and I mentioned earlier on about Doulos. Doulos uh, is a a structured form of discipling. It's not a Bible study course. It's a discipling course, a, a time when people give themselves very specifically to that. And whether it's here or in other countries where we've operated in that, it's proven to be a very, very fruitful uh, area, an area that God seems to bless. And I encourage you to respond in respect of that and seize that opportunity. But when I spoke about discipling, I talked uh, briefly, just a brief overview, that there's, uh, I divide it into two aspects. One is um, we, we disciple people, come alongside, care, show an interest uh, in order that they might come into the knowledge of who Jesus is. It's... Uh, not just for people that are already engaged in terms of being followers of Jesus. By the way, um, Christians didn't used to be called Christians. Did you know that? It was only latterly that they were called Christians. They were initially called, guess what? Disciples. Disciples of Christ. So uh, it's probably the most accurate title. The other form of the, is this, of discipling, is that ongoing training and development. And so we looked at that and we gave some examples, talked about how it works and how it got involved. But I'm going to go into that a little bit uh, deeper at this time. You see, discipling, in fact, any type of real training or mentoring has the element where a person decides in order to gain something, they will make themselves or gain for themselves some accountability. It's something that has to come from the individual. It's a desire. Now, we know that God works in us both to create the desire and to enable us to do his will. So part of God working in us is this desire to actually come into a place of saying, I want somebody to engage with me, and in order to do that, I'm going to be uh, open and I'm going to seek to, to 
ask and to inquire and to gain and to learn. The Bible talks about um, the, the athlete uh, who gives themselves to training because their focus is not simply on running a race, their focus is to succeed at winning the race. And so they give themselves seriously to, to training. In this broad place, in this time that God's brought us, in this time when we're expecting development and enlargement, I believe that uh, discipling is something that we've got to pick up um, very strongly again. Um, essentially, it's about catching more of God's heart and becoming more like Jesus. Now, if I went around the room and I said, would you like more of God's heart? Would you like to be more like Jesus? There's very few people that would say, no, I don't think I can be bothered. You know, Most people would have that as a sense of, yes, that's what I want. What we're talking about is what we can actually do in order to engage in that. So if you like, what I'm sharing with you is for a purpose of you making a response, making, uh, taking an action in response to that. So this is not just for information, this is leading up to action. Um, I would like, my desire, and I believe it's God's desire, is that everybody is both discipling somebody and being discipled. That seems to be the outworking of what God has in his plan and in his pattern. So we're talking about training, caring, and accountability. Now, in order to kind of uh, get an idea of what we're talking about and how it works, uh, I've been asking uh, around some questions uh, as I've had opportunity. And uh, let me just give you these, these kind of real-life examples. So I talked to PJ. I said, PJ, you've been discipled. Um, tell me that I had the same question for each of the people. Tell me something that stands out that was of value, an example that, that actually made a difference, something which you would say, boy, if I hadn't have had that, that was, that was significant and important. And he talked about when he was on Doulos, funny enough, and he said when he was on Doulos, uh, now he wasn't the mature dependable, reliable, good-looking. He was younger then. I'll move on quickly. And he didn't always do his coursework. But because there were those who were prepared to help him in his accountability, he was helped, encouraged to actually do it. I thought, well, that's nice. I'm glad about that. Um, But he said, here's the key. When I came to doing my law degree and and the the university thing, I I had by that time, because of that import, was able to uh, knuckle down, as it were, and get on with that 
because something had changed as a result of that accountability, that, that discipling input. Then he recounted another thing. He said, um, when the whole Ebola thing came up, and it, it was a real crisis, as you remember, uh, around the, the turn of the year, and uh, we all together had a lot of involvement in that, he, he remembered a, a conversation, an input then, a discipling input, which led him to feel, you know what, it's not going to work if we just respond on emotion. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. We talked about um, dead works can look very good, but if it's not the thing that God's given us to do. And he said it was that input which which helped him to actually decide and define rather than rushing off in all directions. Like, really quite different to getting on with the coursework. But something that was, again, very useful, which he's been able to build in. Then, uh, as we talked a bit more, his mind went back, oh, two or three years to when he was age 13 or more. And it was uh, after the, the Civil War in um, Sierra Leone. And his father, who some of you knew, um, was a man of action. Apparently, it would appear to be a man of impulse, but we actually saw that he was really led to the Spirit of God. One day, his father said, uh, we need to start a school. And basically, they were in an area with a huge number of, of displaced persons, refugees. And he said, we need to start a school. And he said, we're going to start the school on Monday. This was like Thursday or Friday. Uh, right, we're going to start a school. So, he said, this is not possible. This is an impossible thing. You can't just start a school. I mean, those of you that are teachers and involved in school and that sort of thing, you can't just decide on a Thursday you're going to start a school on a Monday. By the way, I don't know how many they started with, but before long, well, I can remember being there, they had about a 1,000 kids in that school. Uh, so he got some paper and had them cutting up paper to make books. And then, now this does stretch the imagination, then PJ became a teacher at age 13. And I said, what you... Oh, he said, I was teaching all the subjects. <laughs> Here's the point that he learned in that discipling... He said, in, in learning, in gaining that input, I learned we don't work on what's possible, we work on what God says. And as I talked to him, I thought, you know what? These are very, very key things, key learning lessons, which he gained through that discipling involvement, different people in different places. Life lessons, critical things, which were very important and very, very significant. In order to reach the goal that God has for us, we actually need what he provides in order for you to reach the goal that God has, to reach your potential, you need the method, the way, 
the equipping that God has provided for you and instructs this is the way to do it. Could you manage without? Yeah, a lot of people manage without, muddle through. But could you reach the fullness of what God intends? I don't believe so. If God provides a particular route and a particular way, it's the same as ministry gifts. Can people manage without? Yes. Uh, Will they survive? Yes. But you will not reach the potential that God has ordained for you if you don't embrace all that he's put there for that purpose. Plus the fact it's a good idea to obey God and, uh, and to receive that input and being discipled into Jesus. So then I talked about, I was talking to Jeremy. They're away on holiday. I said, Jeremy, same kind of questions. He said, hmm. When we were on the church holiday, and remember Jeremy went through a horrific period of time, and God wonderfully uh, delivered him, set him free. He said, there was this day on the church holiday when we were going, the youth were going for a day away. And he, he was really struggling, and he sort of shut himself up in the tent. And he said, Jamie came, and he just stood outside the tent, talking to him, encouraging him. And he said, at that point, I saw God's heart for me. He said, that was a discipling input. Uh, that was a particular input in an ongoing involvement. That we can actually see something and learn something uh, through those inputs, as we heard uh, also from PJ. Then he said, here was another thing that was very interesting. He took me with him uh, when he was going around visiting the homes of some of the youth. I learned by coming alongside. I learned by being taken with. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of the apprenticeship model, isn't it? You come alongside and take somebody with. Then he said, I also learned by the example. And the example was all the hospitality that he used to give. Now, he said, guess what? I'm doing that uh, in my situation. I think uh, Jamie did quite a lot of that in our home, and now I think Jeremy's doing quite a lot of that in his parents' home. But that's what homes are for, to be used. Very key opportunities. Great blessing that flows. So then I talked to Jamie. I said, Jamie, give me an example. And he thought, he said, you know what? He said, I was going running with Nathan. Now, Nathan, of course, is elder brother. It's amazing as parents the things that, that emerge over the years. And I have to, and my wife will tell you, we confess, we did not know how that boy suffered under the hands of Nathan. If we had have done, we would have done something, but we just didn't know. But here's something on the other side where he was clearly having input and involvement, so he went running. And Jamie was lagging behind. And he said, here was the key thing. I had to not pretend I could keep up the pace. I had to not sort of just like me, I had to call out and say, 
I'm struggling. I'm, I'm lagging behind. He said, in the discipling thing, I came to see there is a need to actually be open and to confess the need or whatever the issue or the struggle was. And he said, you know what Nathan did? And I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> he said, Nathan came back and he put his hand behind my back and just helped me along for a period of time. I said, Nathan? <laughs> just helped me along for a period of time. I thought, hmm, it's another picture, isn't it? Number one, being real, being open, saying, yeah, I'm struggling with this. Number two, the discipler, the trainer, actually coming alongside and helping and engaging. You know, we have to identify where we're lagging. When I say we, I mean usums. Where are you lagging? Are you lagging somewhere? You're lagging? Maybe struggling with some issue or grudge or some area that is just, you know, hanging back there. Maybe it's an area of finance, a practicality like that, or maybe you're feeling, boy, I could do some with some help and input in, in what I call the most difficult job in the world, which is parenting. To actually know that there is that care, love, willingness to come alongside, that, that input is a very, very key and important thing. All right, so just some examples to explain what we're actually talking about. It's God's way. It does involve us. It is part of the Great Commission. We do need one another. If you want scriptures, some of you note the scriptures down Ephesians 4.16 basically confirms that we will not come to the fullness of what God has for us without receiving uh, in that way from one another. We need that. And by the way, uh, it's a good thing. You know, there's a good ambition. That Sometimes we have, oh, well, I just, you know, I've just got to settle for what I am and just be, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be sort of claiming to be something else or aiming to, that's a kind of false thing. You know, Bible teaches that, that to desire something to advance is a very good thing. We read it in 1 Timothy 3 verse 1. It's a good thing to desire something more. And remember, we're talking here about discipling being something that is about developing, um, developing greatness, if you like, rather than simply helping from making mistakes. I'm sure both elements come into it, but the primary thing is helping in uh, development helping to reach that full potential rather than uh, keeping from doing wrong. Helping to come to that place. And it requires that somebody can see something as God does. That God can see something in us like God sees us. And if you're going to disciple somebody, if you're going to be a trainer, a mentor, whatever word you like to use, 
You have to be seeing something with the eye of God. I mean, you think when Jesus gave us the first model of discipling with the bunch that he had, uh, you know, they weren't the most likely lads. Eventually, they were those who turned the world upside down. But boy, did they mess up and did they get it wrong. But he saw something beyond what was there in the fisherman and the tax collector and somebody's brother. He saw something beyond that. It's a very, very important thing. And to see it with a view not to say, oh, yes, I could see that they could become that, but that engagement to say, in the goodness of God, I want to help to call this thing out and see this development happen and see this person move on beyond where they are. Now, you're all listening very nicely and very well. Can I just remind you, purpose of this sting in the tail is we're looking for action. Mm-hmm. Just didn't want you to settle down too comfortably. Yeah? Now, because you're listening so well, you could help me with a little exercise. Would you just take a moment to speak to somebody and say something good about them or something that you like about them? I don't ask for a long conversation. I ask for, just will you, you don't have to turn to the person next to you. You can walk across the room. Will you just, it's a little experiment. Just turn to somebody and say something good about them. Okay. Right. Now then, here's my question. Number one, just show show of hands, who heard somebody say something good to them? Okay, hands down. Did it make you feel better or worse? Hands up for better. Hands up for worse. All right. Thank you very much. For conducting this experiment you have just proved the point it's good to actually hear from somebody something that they appreciate something that's positive somebody who sees something good in us we actually benefit from that benefit from having somebody come alongside who thinks well of us. That's discipling. That's somebody coming alongside who thinks good of us or thinks well of us has got a positive position. Something which actually you'd be very odd if you didn't like that. Hence, when I say, did anybody feel worse? Nobody felt worse. We felt better. Now, understand that what we're talking about in discipling is somebody that has their disposition towards you that's wanting, that sees something good, is desiring for something good, and has got a positive position uh, towards you. Very, very valuable. Helps you to feel better about you. 
You know, that's a good thing to feel better about ourselves. It's a good thing to see that there is a, a preferable future, that there's something there that can be developed further in the purpose of God. Of course, those of you that have children see the value and importance of affirming and communicating that you're looking for their uh, development. Uh, not always the method, not always the input is, oh, you're lovely and wonderful, but the heart that's communicated is that positive position, very, very important. Now, I don't mind what, what title we use, whether we call it mentoring, training, pastoring, shepherding, or whatever. And as I mentioned, we have doulos, which is a, a, a structured uh, representation of that. What we are is talking about seeing people as God does and learning to speak to them as God does. Speak to them with the word of God. Speaking to them in the way that God does and treating them as God sees them. Now, we have, of course, always examples in the scripture. And uh, there's one here. Let's have a look in uh, Acts chapter 9. This is, this is a, a good one. Acts chapter 9. Um, I just want to read a little bit of it. This is... Um, after Saul, who became Paul, after he was, uh, had this miraculous uh, conversion, but of course he was going around killing Christians and the story about the change hadn't really got around. Um, so when he came to Jerusalem, this is verse 26, he tried to join the disciples. <laughs> they... They were all afraid of him, uh, thinking that he was trying to kind of get in amongst them in order to find out who they were so he could kill some more of them. So they were afraid, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and told them what had happened and told, explained on his behalf uh, engaged with him, if you like, took the risk of actually uh, coming alongside and engaging. And uh, essentially, Barnabas, of course, was one of those that had been afraid. And something happened in that he changed his position. And that something was God changing his heart towards Saul as he was called then. <coughs> it was God at work showing him something different that caused him to feel differently about Saul. And then he was the person that made the difference. It says here, what I just read, but Barnabas, but Barnabas, somebody who engaged in a particular step that was very, very important in the journey from Saul to be a killer of Christians to being one of the most 
vital people in the whole of Christian history. Barnabas, the man who took a particular step and then, of course, he went on and uh, discipled him. And, and then after a period of time, very interestingly, you see the thing turn around. It's always, uh, I think for about five chapters, it's, it's Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Paul. And then it turns around. The leadership thing changed. That can happen. That's not a problem. In fact, uh, my father-in-law was a, a very, very key person who discipled me. What was it? What was the... I, I think two things stand out. Number one, he took an interest in me. He would talk to me. I might be in a meeting. We were in a big Pentecostal church then. But he would come and talk to me. I was just somebody in the church, part of the congregation. Didn't have community. And... Clearly was interested. And that's a big thing. Somebody who has a positive interest. And then I realised that he was willing to invite me into his home. So it wasn't just sort of speaking to somebody at a meeting, but he was, he was showing a willingness to engage beyond that. And then as we began to talk more, I realised that the things he was saying, he was bringing the word of God alive. In other words, he would be saying something, but he'd bring scripture into that. It's a funny thing. Years afterwards, um, I found myself quoting things that he'd said. Not only that, but other people that I'd spoken to would quote what they'd got from me. And sometimes they would come to me and they said, I've been looking for that scripture that you always use and I can't find it. And I would then have to look for it. I thought, no, neither can I. And I've been quoting this for years. Actually, the scripture was there. It, was just, it had just been uh, put into Len Hall's translation. <laughs> the truth was there, but you try and look up the actual words. And I thought that was just a mark of that that thing happening. In latter years, some years after that, uh, lo and behold, he was following my leadership uh, in a significant way and supporting me. So these things can change according to the plan and purpose of God. Here's the key thing, though, that God gives us a part. There's a part that God plays and there's a part which he gives us to do. And that part is being discipled and discipling. That's what God gives us to do. And of course, later on, remember, Barnabas discipled Paul. And then later on, you hear about Paul discipling Timothy, passing on those things are very key, uh, very important. We all need someone to speak into our lives. I've given you the examples from guys amongst us that I just happened to talk to. Probably others could give you the examples. I've given you the scripture that we won't come to our potential in God unless we embrace God's way, discipling. We need that. 
We need that element. And the time has come where we've got to recognise and focus on that more significantly. Paul believed in Timothy. So what did he do? He kind of nudged him. He said, God has done something. The scripture's here. God has done something. He's given you a gift, which is true. Paul couldn't do that. God had given that to Timothy. Do you know what Paul's job was? Was to nudge Timothy. Hey, Timothy, stir up that gift that God has given you. Use that. Be stirred in that. We need one another in that. When we were <clears throat> talking last, I think last week, Daniel was talking to me and he said, um, uh, you need to listen to this, uh, I learned the word, podcast. podcast. Yes. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Podcast. I think it's just something that worms do, but it's podcast. Anyway, so I listened to it, but... More than that, because he wasn't sure that I would listen to it or that I'd be able to find it or know which button to press, he said, I heard something very interesting. He said this. Um, in this teacher, was one of the Bethel uh, teachers, he said he talked about um, accountability. And he said it in a way which was, which was different. He said, accountability, it's having or giving an account for your ability rather than kind of the negative thing about uh, you know you must do this and don't do that and so on and so forth it's recognising just like Paul did with Timothy that God has given you an ability and taking and giving an account for that and being helped in that is a very positive thing Right. Hmm. Oh, we're almost at that point. We're almost at that point. But not quite. Are you still with me? Are you still sharp? Yeah? Yeah? Right. Two minutes. Boom, 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 boom. All right? Nudge somebody. Two minutes. Boom, 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 boom. PJ, don't be a bully. Boom, 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 boom. Right. If you're going to be discipled, if you're going to be a disciple, this is what you need. One, two, three, four, five. You need to, what's called, press in. Make the running. Draw from. Yeah? You need to do that. Number two, you need to be open. Hear what I've said, the examples that I've given. You need to be open. That means you have to be a bit vulnerable. Yeah, I'm struggling with this. I'm lagging in this. I, I could do with a bit of help in that. I need to know how to do this. I need to know how to respond in this situation. You need to be ready to ask questions. That's a great way to learn, to ask questions. I love people asking questions. Asking questions, very, very important. 
you need to take opportunity to get alongside, to be with, to watch, to see, to, to observe, to gain that input, and to enjoy. I've got to see that person who's discipling me. Dear Lord, give me grace. I can't really stand them. Well, don't go near them until God changes your heart. Oh, it's a good thing. <coughs> Dear me. The idea that this is like a life sentence and you have to be willing to serve. Why is that? Where does that one come? Because if you look through the scriptures, it always is alongside and serving and engaging in things. Very, very important. 